Welcome everyone to God Talk Uncensored, where no topic is off limits. We use the Bible as a source of truth, and everything we share is from our personal experiences and the Bible. All right, let's do this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this one has got me excited for a number of reasons. Number one, it applies directly to me. This is something that that uh, everybody needs to get on board with, and at minimum, uh, respond inwardly to what I'm about to tell you. Rambo. Does anybody remember the the movie Rambo? Right, uh, Sylvester Stallone. He is a one man wrecking machine. He can kill anybody and everybody at will. Tens of people, dozens of people, hundreds of people. He's the man. He's got the tools, and he's doing it all on his own. And everybody just looks at Rambo as he's the man, right? Uh, you can come up with your own female version of this. The point of what I'm trying to say is that we have um, created an island culture where we believe somehow that we are uh, capable or able to just do life on our own, figure everything out on our own without needing uh, other people. And specifically as people of faith, we don't need a faith community, right? And so I know that for myself, for the longest time, I, I was uh, a believer, right? I, I mean, I, I, you know, if the Lord called me home, I was coming home. But I made so many excuses to not actually engage within the Christian community, that fateful word church, right? Because I didn't like churchianity, right? I didn't like the institution of uh, what I believe church became. And so as opposed to me being a part of the solution, I just was as judgmental as the people I was claiming was getting it all wrong. And I was a part of the problem as well. I remember somebody saying to me, well, I don't need to go to church in order to have a relationship with God. And that is true. You can have an independent individual relationship with God. But the example to every one of us was Jesus. And he intentionally lived in a community of people. He had his his strong inner core, which was uh, Peter, James, and John. And then he had the rest of the 12. And then he had a whole bunch of uh, other people that were following him that he was pouring his life into as well. And, but what we do, I believe, as, uh, as you know, people of faith is that we, we just live on an island alone. You know, I don't know if it's American culture. I don't know if it is just this individuality sort of thing. But we feel as if we just don't need uh, anybody to be accountable to or anybody to uh, be a part of our life that might irk us and call us out a bit or something to that regard. This wasn't, this isn't just an American phenomenon, right? Uh, This is uh, something that's been going on for, for centuries. And, and the apostle Paul, I believe the apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but nonetheless, some people think it was Barnabas. Anyways, theology, we don't have to go there, but I believe that, that what the Bible says very uh, clearly in the book of Hebrews about this particular thing should make it really clear to us that God's intention for us is to live and operate and function within a Christian community and culture, right? We are people of faith. 
we are birds of a feather. Therefore, we flock together, right? There is thousands of churches, like unfortunately, that's the way it is. There is one that will fit you. I guarantee it. And for, for, for us to make all of these excuses all the time, well, I'm busy on Sunday. Well, there's churches on Saturday. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to push an institutionalized sort of ideology into you, but I want to say that like we, are, uh, we can become the people who are a part of the change. Become the change that you are looking for within these, these communities of faith that are super easily, uh, you know, uh, we can super easily just, just judge and, and critique and not actually be a part of the solution. The solution. Okay. This is what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse uh, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the days approaching. There's another version that says, do not forsake the gathering of the believers. Like, don't, don't walk away and just do this thing on your own. Iron sharpens iron. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. We have to do this together. I'm going to read another scripture, but I want to tell you about a prophetic dream that I had. And I'm not one of, like, my wife dreams all the time. She's got a very gifted you know, a uh, prophetic voice in, in a lot of areas. For me, I don't have these types of things. But you have heard, if you've been listening to uh, the podcast or my YouTube channel, you've been hearing me talk quite a bit about something that's coming, right? Uh, the end times uh, stuff that I've been sharing and, and breaking down the book of Revelation in ways that hopefully are, are clear and understandable so we don't try to go down weird paths with it. But what's happening right now is leading up to something. And, and I had this dream, and this is what's fascinating about the dream. Um, my nephew was in it, which is kind of strange because uh, I don't see him quite a, uh, that often, but nonetheless, he was in it. Uh, and, and in the dream, he was a little shorter than he is because he's kind of big now. He's grown. But uh, I remember looking, we were standing in this uh, kind of a field or it was sort of a desertous flat land. And we were looking out at the, uh, as far as we could see. And all of a sudden there was a massive explosion. And this explosion that went off formed this insane, massive mushroom cloud. And it was kind of a yellowish sort of greenish billowing mist, right? I, I don't know what a nuclear explosion actually looks like, but what I saw was this big mushroom cloud. And then as we stood and watched it, we, the fallout was coming. That shock wave was coming and it was, it was rumbling. And as soon as it hit us, I mean, I, I grabbed him, uh, you know, uh, and braced myself for whatever was going to happen. And as soon as it hit, it wasn't what I thought it was. What, what it actually was was not a danger. It wasn't, a, and I'm not saying that it wasn't like a dual sort of prophetic uh, situation here, but what, I, what my dream was was this unraveling wave of, 
of something that was about to hit. And as I braced myself for thinking how horrible this thing was going to be as it was coming, all of a sudden it was this wave of the power of God just boof, just blowing and rumbling through. And I just remember feeling this, this, this anointed power and this strength of God doing something amazing. And what, what, and then there was another side to this and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in a two part series. There's another side of directly after that, something that the Lord revealed, but, but what, what God said in this moment was, What's coming is going to explode like a nuclear bomb, and I am going to pour myself out in such a a powerful way that people are going to just be filled with the Holy Spirit, and things are going to be amazing, and he's going to do awesome stuff in the midst of some tumultuous, difficult, trying times. So that was also something that, that was really clear. By the way, the gospel spread the most through some form of persecution. When there was hardship and, and difficulty, that's when people were, were, you know, they were showing up and giving their hope, which was Jesus. And uh, people were getting saved and lives were being transformed. And uh, so the other scripture that I want to read uh, is also this idea um, where people are like, yeah, I don't really like, you know, what I'm hearing in church. Um, there's a lot of churches. So let me just say like my wife and I recently just, just, uh, stepped down from some, uh, a position and, and a church that we were, uh, involved in and, and we were growing with, uh, we just had some theological differences. They weren't essentials like salvation related, but they were important enough to us that we felt like we needed to make a transition. And so we went ahead and did that where we are today. We really are just so amazingly blessed at the church that we are at now and just feel like God is, has laid this foundation and platform for us to, to really uh, integrate in and, and, you know, operate within our giftings and, and let the Holy Spirit really be a part of what he's doing in his kingdom. And so, uh, but the problem with, with a lot of the, the teaching and the things that are going on is that people don't want to listen to the truth of the scripture. Like they want the love portion, but they don't want truth in love. They just want the love part, but they don't really want to hear anything that would say, yeah, that's not okay. Or you shouldn't be doing that. Or maybe that's not the best way that God would have you uh, operating in your life, right? And I, I understand that it sounds right now like I'm saying like the do's and don'ts of, of you know, churchianity, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Nobody's, you know, following me around or you around, you know, with a checklist going up. Oh, you went to an R-rated movie. Oh, you went and wore clothes that were too tight. Oh, you did the check, check, check. That's a bunch of garbage that's not what God's about. I'm not doing that. What I am talking about is things that are very specific to the Bible, right? Things that the scriptures teach us about sound doctrine, uh, things that the scriptures teach us about the truth of his word, his everlasting word. He, he, he never changes and he cannot lie. 
because it's not a part of his nature. So when God says something once and he is he is uh, within his nature communicating something, he's not later going to be like, eh, change my mind. Like that sin used to be bad, but you know what? Now it's not so bad because you call it by a different name or you use a different word or terminology to express it or explain it. So here's the thing. A lot of people won't go to church. They won't step into church because they have particular beliefs that they think don't line up with what that church is going to profess. And and I get that, right? But sometimes it's not the messenger. It's the message. It's where the Bible lands on certain things that sometimes we just struggle with and they are difficult. And I get that. I really do. Culturally, we are going down a pathway that that seems to be uh, very opposed to what biblical truth and standards actually uh, speak to. And so people want to hold on to bits and pieces of the stuff that the culture is okay with and then and then sort of l- take the word of God and go, yeah, I'm going to make that uh, twist that into what I feel is going to be pertinent for me. And the same Bible that says certain things about love and grace and and Jesus and kindness says other things too. So if the Bible is true in its entirety, we can't just take the things of Scripture that we enjoy the most because they are permissible to, uh, you know, ways that we want to live and then look at the other things and go, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't believe that, but it's still in the Bible. Like, it's the same Bible. It's the same. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So here we go. Second uh, Timothy chapter four, starting at verse three, it says, "For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a whole bunch of a great number of teachers to say what their own itchy ears." want to hear. They're just going to find whoever is in agreement with them and then they're good to go. Like they don't, you know, and a lot of this is online or they get books and this and that, but you don't, you don't need to participate in an actual faith community. You just sort of do your own thing and then God will piggyback along. And that's just not what the scriptures teach us. And so I'm, again, I've said this before, like, um, I'm not judging anybody because that was my life for the longest time. Like I was a Christian. I just didn't, I, I just didn't engage. I, I, I would go to church every few months or whatever, uh, you know, giving to a church. Eh, they have lots of money. They don't need my money. Look at these big buildings they have, blah, blah, blah. You know, I made all these excuses and, and for not participating in, in a faith-based community. And, uh, I mean, today it's different, right? And so I, I just believe that the most important thing on the planet as we live here is our faith-based community and our relationship to God. And ironically, God speaks in, in the Bible to churches, so the majority of the New Testament is written not just to individuals. There's a couple books that are like, you know, to my great Theophilus, right, which is Luke and then Acts and stuff like that. But really, it wasn't. It was to be spread to the entirety of the churches. Uh, Book of Acts, right, says they met together daily. They ate together. They evidently had a Honda Accord because it says they all got into one accord. 
I know that wasn't very funny, but it's okay. Um, and, and the thing was, they they engaged within their faith based community because it was the life that was of substance. And now it's it's more difficult. I totally get it. Like you have kids that are in sports and. I think it's crazy that now Sundays is when kids are playing sports, you know, Sunday mornings and then Saturdays. And so like we ha- really have to struggle with figuring out how we're going to do this thing uh, and enter into our faith-based communities because we have to do that. We have to do that. The Bible's really clear. The book of Revelations are seven churches. And guess what? God speaks to the churches, to the letter. To he, he speaks very specifically to the church of this, to the church of Thessalonica, to the church of Ephesus. To the ch- He's speaking to churches, right? And as he speaks to the church, the, 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 the community, the body of Christ, we then, as members of that body, are gleaning from the goods that God is giving because he wants to communicate to the body of Christ. He doesn't want to just communicate to the eyeball all the time or the nose or the mouth. He wants to communicate to the body of Christ. So this whole thing like is meant to get you off the couch and to get you committed. Anything that we, uh, that we do, uh, consistently as a pattern in our life will that habit will catch. It just does. Usually, uh, you know, it takes a good, you know, a good 40 days. Like if you really want to do something and break a pattern or you want to get committed and, and continue to do something 40 days. Now I'm just telling you this, God wants you to participate within your church community, whether that locally, like in person, preferably. If you can't do that and it's an online thing, I get that. Some people, that's what you're doing. I believe it needs to be uh, an in-person thing. I believe that we are to, you know, smile and, and touch and hug and be a part of people in that way. But God's going to show up. He's going to do what he needs to do uh, regardless. You know, when when um, Jesus was about to, to die, he uh, on the cross and he rose again. So, yeah, there's not death, no victory there for death. Right. But when uh, when Jesus was about to be crucified, uh, he prayed for um, the he prayed for the apostles and for those who would who would uh, listen to their message, which is us. And he says, not only for them, but also for those who will hear their word. And his prayer was that we would join together in community and we would be one. We cannot be one unless we show up. So this is like, I'm not saying come to my church. I'm saying figure out a way to engage in your faith, in your community, in a way that's transformative. If you go to a church and you hear foofiness that sounds like a bunch of ishy, uh, ishy, <laughs> I don't know, that's Freudian, itchy ear stuff that possibly, you know, uh, is doctrine that's wrong, move along. There's other churches. Find one, find somebody. I believe if you pray and say, God, I want to find a place to, to park myself and my family and get integrated in, uh, he's going he's gonna to help you do that. What is coming is essential that you have a faith-based community. What is about to happen in the next 
short time. I don't know. I, I believe it's coming really soon. Uh, this this new wave of of radical crazy, but yet God's fullness and His anointing and His amazing uh, works and 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 everything that He's about to do. If you're listening to me, I do this every time because my my wife said you have to tell people they need to come to Jesus. You have to remind people that that he's calling them now. That if they're listening now, it's not by accident and they need to know it's okay that for them now to receive Christ. And so I'm 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 doing that at the close of all of these these uh these YouTube podcasts. If you don't know Jesus and anything that I said resonates with you, it's a simple process. There's no uh, formula. It's a heart condition. And the heart condition says this, Jesus, I believe in you. And you can pray that you can do this in, in your inner self, but the Bible does say if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that you will be saved. So I, I'm, I think you should do it out loud. I think that you confess and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I know that I need you to forgive me of all of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for my sins. And send your Holy Spirit into my life to transform me and change me forever and ever and ever. And if you're a Christian and you've heard this, and you've been like on the couch since COVID and you haven't engaged in your faith community and you haven't gone back and started to figure out a, a, a plan to, to get into the body of Christ, this is your wake-up call. Go. Make it happen. Stop what you're doing. Stop the laziness. Get, get off of the gaming. Put the stinking remote down. Stop binging Netflix engage in your faith-based community. Find yourself a church. All right. It might have sounded direct, but that's what I got. And I feel like you needed to know that and you needed to hear that today. God bless you guys. And until next time. Thank you everyone for tuning in to God Talk Uncensored. We appreciate your support. And until next time, God bless you.